You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. I'm Wayne Nelson. Business and entrepreneurship have always been part of Macmillan Estate Planning. And my guest today is Macmillan Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva, who's going to give us the business about business, specifically the three kinds of business ownership structures. And Henry, they are sole proprietorship, partnership, and corporation. So let's talk the Talk about the pros and cons of each. When do you use a sole proprietorship? A sole proprietorship is usually the form or structure that's used uh, when starting out a business. And it's because of its simplicity and uh, and basically it's inexpensive and uh, it's easy to execute. Uh, one of the benefits of a sole proprietorship is, of course, you own 100% of your business, which makes setting up and administering it quite easy and inexpensive. You may choose to register a trade name as well and operate under this trade name that you choose. And uh, tax matters are fairly simple as well, because again, it's only you as an individual, as a sole proprietorship. You're the boss. It's your company. You're it. You're the the buck stops here. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point, Wayne. You are the boss of the sole proprietorship. However, it's a double-edged sword. If you're the boss, you're primarily reaping the benefits, but it's also that you're personally liable for all debts and liabilities of the business. And your personal assets may be seized to discharge certain liabilities of this business structure as well. So when should a person consider a sole proprietorship then? If they're subject to liabilities, lawsuits, could lose the business? Mm -hmm. Uh, A sole proprietorship is essentially what we would recommend if uh, you're just starting out. If you're just testing the waters, trying out a new venture, checking whether you like it or not like it, start with a sole proprietorship. To, to make sure that it's simple, uh, yet you have the uh, uh, the benefit of seeing if you like it and if it works. Is there a tax benefit for having a sole proprietorship or is it a disadvantage? I personally feel that it's uh, it has limited tax flexibility and it's because it's not a corporation, it's not a separate entity. Uh, there's limitations on what you can deduct as far as what is a business expense and what is a personal expense. Could you give me some examples, Henry? Well, if you have a corporation, you have certain capital assets that you can deduct and you have other books of accounts that uh, corporations use, whereas as a sole proprietorship, uh, the laws limit these deductions. And the laws change from time to time and they're pretty strict as far as sole proprietorships. So not every deduction that would be qualified as a business expense in corporations can be applied to in uh, sole proprietorships. Also, Wayne, another difficulty as far as sole proprietorships is raising money. If it's a sole proprietorship and you, of course, own it yourself, then you have uh, the restriction of uh, limited coffers, to put it simply. Uh, Limited resources in forms of capital, you're having to finance everything on your own unless you want to borrow from the bank. But essentially, it's money coming from you exclusively as a sole proprietor. Sure. And when there's one person, there's a lot less money coming in than if you had, say, three or four employees or one other person besides yourself. 
Exactly. Another disadvantage for sole proprietorships, Wayne, is that uh, there's no HR you can call to when you want to call a sick day. Right. If you don't, if you're sick, you don't get paid. Exactly. And if you're away on vacation, you don't get paid. Exactly. And that's another point. If you want to go on vacation and you're a sole proprietor, what uh, you might have to do is uh, close down the doors of the business for for the meanwhile, while you're in Mexico, we're vacationing somewhere else. And it's because you may not have uh, somebody who would be able to uh, step up and fill your shoes because uh, it's your business alone. And yet I would venture a guess that there are thousands of sole proprietorships operating quite uh, profitably here in Alberta. There are quite a couple. And again, uh, we meet with a lot of families and a lot of individuals. And uh, we congratulate them for being successful in their business. And uh, some tell me that they've been sole proprietorships for quite a while. Now, it's great to hear these stories. However, as a lawyer, I want to make sure that they minimize uh, their exposure to uh, litigation and risks and uh, creditor risks as well. And that's why a sole proprietorship is not the best for everyone once the business is up and kicking. So what kind of advice would you give someone who comes into the Macmillan Estate offices They sit down with you or one of the other uh, legal counsels at Macmillan. They are a sole proprietorship. They've been doing well. Those are typically the cases that that you would get. You're saying, hey, I want to minimize risk. Mm -hmm. Is there some particular advice that you would give them? For sure. Uh, we met with a family recently and they've been pretty successful in uh, uh, sales and distribution business and it was uh, continued on as a sole proprietorship. However, the issue that uh, mom and dad had to face with uh, uh, their discussions with us is how now to succeed this business over to their kids. Sure, that transition, that that legacy of that transition. Exactly. And since it's a sole proprietorship, there is no corporate entity which they can hand over. There's no shares of stock. There's no options. It's just a sole proprietorship that they've been continuing uh, since the beginning. All right. We'll come back to that in a second. I want to talk about the next kind of business that's out there, and that's in between sole proprietorship and that corporation, that limited company that you were talking about, and that would be partnership. Coming off our discussions on sole proprietorship, to recall, we discussed uh, one of the disadvantages being having limited funds. And a partnership, in a sense, uh, answers that uh, problem because a partnership is essentially having two or more friends coming together with a fantastic business idea and uh, choosing to set up a partnership where everybody contributes resources and also, hence, shares in profits and losses. So, If we have two of you contributing funds, then we would have more than just your funds. And you would hope that if I'm the guy that's not pulling my weight, that my partner might have a little bit more incentive and perhaps maybe deeper pockets. Exactly. But this is something that needs to be discussed, though, prior to setting up that partnership. You've got to be very clear if you're going to make that partnership work, what everybody's responsibilities are. And that's where a partnership agreement comes into play. When you have a partnership, having a friend and a best friend and a business partner don't mean the same thing sometimes. And that's why you want to make sure that you have a partnership agreement that covers business terms and conditions, as well as sharing agreements among the partners. Now, there are different kinds of partnership agreements. There's a a general partnership agreement, and then you can move to the next phase, which is limited, Mm -hmm. which is step up. 
Now, a general partner is a partner who shares with unlimited liability in the partnership, meaning, in essence, he's kind of on the hook for quite a lot. While a limited partner, by the name itself, is only on the hook for a limited extent or only to a certain lump sum amount of money. So a limited partner can be uh, liable for, let's say, only up to $500,000 and everything in excess of that $500,000, the general partner is on the hook for. So when you have that kind of a partnership and it can be two or more people, is that right? Correct. And so one person is still going to have that liability factor, but the and that's the, the general, and then the other person or persons would be the limited. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what's important, again, in these partnership arrangements is, is that you want to make sure that the partners have complementary skills and talents, okay? And that everyone is willing to share in decision-making as well. Because a partnership is essentially everybody working together to achieve a common goal, which is uh, business profits and uh, uh, increase in branding as well. So by having uh, someone do accounting, someone do marketing, someone do distribution and or legal, everybody has come together for a common goal. Who takes the blame, Henry, if something goes wrong, that that risk or liability issue? Mm-hmm. So again, in the partnership agreement, everybody would be... Uh, sharing up to a certain extent what the partnership would make. It could be 50-50 or 60-40, 30-30, However, a partnership is not a separate entity in itself and does not, in a way, uh, it's not taxed as a partnership, but instead the distribution to the partners themselves are those that are taxed based on their personal tax return. So very important that each of the partners fully understand what their responsibilities are under whatever arrangement they've chosen, whether it's general or limited, and and to know what their liabilities, what their risks, what they're going to get out of it. Exactly. And another thing about risks, Wayne, is I want to make sure that in a partnership, confidence and trust is uh, paramount. And it's, it's because any partner and again, depending on their agreement, can be held responsible for the wrongful acts of other partners acting under the business. And that's not a simple thing. If your buddy did something wrong and you're not privy to it, but your partners, you may be on the hook for that wrongdoing that your buddy did. What about ending a partnership? How is that handled? Uh, As much as everybody wants everybody to stay on board, life happens and uh, one partner may depart before another partner or before the project or venture is completed. So in that case, you have to be mindful as well on what the clauses that would govern these departing partners would be. And then you've got the kind of partnership that just might explode in, in argument, frustration, anxiety, and, and now you're, you're up the creek. Exactly. There's a, always a way out of this as well, and that's uh, dissolving the partnership. So again, the agreement would specify when a partnership would be dissolved, but if the partners amongst themselves choose to dissolve it for any reason whatsoever and everybody signs off, then the partnership can be dissolved right away. All right. More to come with Henry Villanueva from Macmillan Estate Planning on The Strong Room when we return on 770 CHQR.